Tuesday with Tamika. Thank you all so much for joining me for yet another episode of Tuesday with Tamika, where you guys already know what it is. We believe in lifting as we climb, turning our trials into treasures, living a life to inspire and not impress, and allowing God to fully restore you. If you are new to the podcast, my name is Tamika of the Tuesdays, and I'm here for all things healing to make your life better. And how else can you make your life better unless you really know your story? Now, listen, I believe that we all have a story that we tell ourselves, a story that we let people tell about us. And then somewhere in the truth is our authentic truth. Are you telling your true story? Are you living out to be the person that you know that you were created to be? If so, or if not, I think that this podcast is really going to help you. So I want you to do what we do. Grab your pens, grab your journals, lean in because we're about to get to the coaching. Hey, sis, you have a minute? Hey, sis, sis, you got a minute? Hey, sis, you got a minute? Hey, sis, you got a minute? Hey, sis, you got a minute? Yes, I do. Awesome, awesome. Hello, Jenny. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast. I think that this is going to be one of those ones that are, is absolutely my favorite because I love everything about personal development and love and truly like loving yourself. So tell the TWT family a little bit more about you. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Tamika, for that super nice introduction. I'm thrilled to be here. And I don't know if you were using a little pun when you said my favorite, but my story uh, starts back with my book and it's called You're My Favorite. And really it's about a shocking and traumatic end. So I was, I was in this relationship with a man and he had two kids and they lived with me part-time. And all of a sudden one day I'm traveling for work and I had a friend that wanted to meet me urgently on a Tuesday night for cocktails. Now, I'm not a Tuesday night kind of cocktail kind of <laughs> gal. Like, um, and so I all day was, you know, because my life was so good. I was thinking all day, what was I going to do? How was I going to go show up and be a good friend to her? Mm-hmm. So I get to this restaurant at like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night. And she displays this arrangement of evidence of lies, deception, betrayal, about the man that was at that time at home sleeping in my house. Wow. And so my world shattered. I mean, it, it really did. It crumbled. It, it fell apart. It was like the world kept moving around me, but my world stopped. Mm. And from there, I ended up, you know, it was a three and a half year process, but I did end up sharing my story in my book, You're My Favorite. And part of that was, you know, afterwards really going on this healing and growing journey, which I love that you talked so much about here in your amazing show. Awesome. Wow. Oh, goodness. I know that your story is going to help so many women, men as well. I have a bunch of, I'm learning a bunch of secret men listeners. So I know that this is going to help them as well because Everyone knows what it feels like to love and everyone knows what it feels like to be in pain because of love. How does, how do you even like pick up the pieces when you are living, like you're telling this story, right? So you're telling this beautiful story of we have it all together and then boom, like the literal bomb hits 
and the SHIT hits the fan. And now here you are trying to pick up the pieces. How, how do you even start? Well, to make a grief is a funny thing. And what I did was the next morning I got my nails done. Now, I know some people <laughs> might go, oh my gosh, like, is this out of vanity or what in the world? But when you are in a state of shock and grief, sometimes you don't know what to do next. Mm. And so I just want to take a moment to tell you to grant yourself some grace if you're going through a really difficult time or going through grief, because it, for me, all I could do, because I didn't barely know how to put one foot in front of the other, was just look down at my schedule and do the next thing. That yeah. happened to be the next thing. And in hindsight, if I actually think about it, when you're going through such a traumatic moment and experience, sitting across the table and having someone hold my hands for 45 minutes was probably one of the best things that I could have done, mm. even without thinking about it in that moment. So, you know, and then from there you do, you, you, you pull yourself out of bed. Um, you know, I pushed on through work and in life, even through the hurt. And, you know, eventually it does get better. <laughs> um, and, you know, I did have to start to do some really hard work and looking at my own community around <laughs> me and then also doing that really hard step of turning that lens inward mm -hmm. and doing that, that deep work too. Mm-hmm. That is in the work that I am like so lucky to do. Um, I call it a lot of root work and unpacking, right? When we, it's so easy for us to say, well, it's because of this or that or that, especially when you were betrayed because you were legit betrayed in this situation. But in every situation, there's a, the Chinese proverb for crisis also means opportunity. So there's always an opportunity for us to look inward and for us to, figure ourselves out and do the things that we need to really grow and heal. So I love that you were able to do that. And now you're like on a mission to help other folks do that as well. And I have a sneaky suspicion that in the process, you learn to really like love yourself, re-love yourself and all those things because you are truly your favorite now. But in that messy part, I love to talk about that, that messy part where you were probably triggered and like things from your, maybe even your childhood were coming up and making you feel like that you weren't worthy of being your own favorite. Did any of that stuff come up for you? Oh girl, that is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> and, and yes, I mean, so I did do some pretty deep inner child work and, you know, I learned, like I said, a lot about my community and who I was surrounding myself with. And it's because it was familiar. These destructive behaviors were familiar to me, and that's what I thought was normal. And in removing it, there's actually a study. So in my keynotes, um, I, re I referenced the study that was done in Kenya around baboons. And mm -hmm. so what, what happened is these scientists observed this troop of baboons, and there's kind of like three subtroops within it. There was this group of really dominant, aggressive, abusive males. There was another group of males that were a little bit more amiable and, you know, caring. And then there were the females who were very nurturing, you know, caring for one another and just loving and supportive. Well, what happened was that first group of 
the baboons, the male, aggressive, domineering, dominant, abusive, they went and they found some meat in a garbage and they Mm. devoured it. Mm. Well, unfortunately, that meat was tainted and they all died. Mm. And so you think about a, a situation like that, it could go one of two ways. Does that second group of the male baboons kind of take over those other behaviors and kind of rise up into that behavior? Or when that destructive, abusive behavior is removed, does a more harmonious environment arise? And it was the latter. Mm. And that's what happened for me in my life, too. My, I had to make some changes in my community. And I'm so grateful for the connections and the and, and only a couple tweaks. There's only a couple of bad eggs, but they were the ones that were making the most, you know, taking up the most of my time and my energy. And now I have so much. I mean, I just am in love with my community. And yes, I do love myself. That's actually like the last line in my book, not to ruin anything for anybody that's going to go <laughs> buy it. But literally, that was like the close of my book that after doing all of this work, I was able to look myself in the mirror and say, you're my favorite. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. I love that you reference community so much. Like I am all about it. I believe that one, we can't, what we don't heal, we recreate. So that story with the baboons is like so powerful, right? Because life is all about choices. Like we have to make choices and decisions. Um, and I, I, prefer decisions because a choice can go either way. But when you make a decision, that's pretty hard. Like that's like what you're going to choose. And even with the story of the baboons, they literally had to make a decision. You had to make a decision not to eat the tainted meat and then become like what you saw. How does, how do you, how do you teach that? Because I know that you're also a coach and you're doing amazing work. Do you, do you only work with women or do you work with women and men? I work with both. Um, I, for some reason, tend to have a large um, following of gay men, um, which I love, and and a big following of women, too. So I work with everybody. I do think that my my content, because of my story, tends to lean towards women. But I was on a major TV talk show the other day, and he was like, hey, I actually have a similar, you know, experience, too, where I was conned and duped. But to answer your question, a a couple of things. So. you, two of the things that you said, talking about community and then the choices that we make. So I want to just take a quick moment to talk about my dad, who was my guy. And he, I also refer to him as my favorite philosopher. He had these dadisms, as I like to call them. <laughs> it's kind of like a bad, you know, like a dad joke, like really well intended, but maybe bad timing or, you know, at a time when you don't want to hear it. So he had all these dadisms growing up and we all would roll our eyes and be like, okay, dad. But now they honestly are some of the most meaningful things, right? That's, that's what parents do. Um, and so one of them is you're only as good as the company you keep. Mm. And my dad would tell me this, you know, as like a junior high school girl. And I'm like, oh, no, dad, I'm my own person. And now I'm like, okay, you were right. Like, it yeah. is so important who you surround yourself with. Because I talk about it as almost like an, an emotional bank account. Right, You have to pay attention to where you're getting withdrawals and deposits from and where you're giving deposits and withdrawals from, you know, and so 
you think about like energy givers and energy tank takers, you can almost think about your friendships and your relationships like an emotional bank account. Yes. And then the second thing is, and I promise I will answer your question specific to my coaching. I hope it's okay. I'm giving a little ode. No, to this is dad. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that you are the architect of your own destiny. And that was his most famous and most annoying one. And now again, like it's one of my closing statements that I use in my keynote speeches, because to me, what that means now is that we can't always control what happens, mm. but we can control how we respond. Mm. And that's a lot of what you were just saying. And so I'm just like, oh my gosh, as you're talking, I'm like nodding, going, yes, Tamika, like we, <laughs> we see and, you know, say and believe so many of the same things, which is really beautiful. And that's why we were brought together here today. Yes. But in my coaching through this journey of what I went through, I developed kind of a three-part process. It's called Jin Path because it was my path, but it can also be your path and our path. It can be everybody's path. Um, and so it, it consists of three parts. And the first part is you referred to this in your opening, which again, I thought was really beautiful. The first step is actually not part of Jin Path. It's acknowledging your story. Mm. And, you know, I'm not saying that you have to acknowledge it, you know, on podcasts or on stages or on TV or in a book like me, but sometimes it's just acknowledging it to yourself mm -hmm. and, you know, kind of honoring that because I think there's so much shame and stigma and guilt that people can carry around with their stories in silence. Yeah. And so I'm a really big proponent of acknowledging that, whatever that looks like for you. And then the first step is gathering, um, you know, mm -hmm. it's that you kind of just have to, whether it's gather yourself, gather your breath. Mm. For me, it was again, gathering information about my community and about myself. And so it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, and then the second one is intentions. You know, we hear a lot about that. Um, I started doing intentions in 2019 on a meditation retreat when I had never meditated for one second in my life. <laughs> it was one of the best things I discovered, but this is like true Ginny style. I'm like, oh, I've never meditated before in my life. Sure. I'll go on a week long retreat in another country that's fully <laughs> surrounded, you know, about meditation. Just I guess jump in. Just go all in girl. So, um, but that's where I really discovered intentions and affirmations and being intentional about what you're doing and who you're spending time with. And you know, so again, intentions is a whole nother thing. And then nurture. You know, mm -hmm. so we talked about that a little bit um, at the beginning where I didn't even know at, at the moment that I was probably nurturing myself and nurture can look a lot of different ways. That's actually where I think that like prayer and faith, if, if spirituality and religion is where you lean, that's a really great way to nurture yourself um, and leaning into that meditation for myself. It might be working out and then being intentional about what that workout is. Is it mm -hmm. yoga because you need to stretch or get a good sweat? Or just sit and clear your mind. Mm. You know, so really paying attention to what you need. And, um, you know, so again, the, these are, they're not super prescriptive. And that's what I kind of like about each one of those, you know, components is it gives you the opportunity to kind of have a little guided path with Gin Path, but then really have the opportunity to customize it to what you need for your own journey. I love that, Jen. I, I do a two-day virtual event um, and it's healing the mother wound. And one of the things that I always tell folks is that we have to learn how to nurture ourselves. And it is so interesting that so many people don't even know 
where to begin in nurturing themselves. And so they want this prescription. They want me to say, do this. And I said, no, you, you have to ask yourself and you have to give yourself what you need, but you can't begin to ask yourself what you need. If you don't, if you're not telling your true story. So if you're not telling your true story, if you're not living intentional, if you're not, you know, following the gym path, you won't be able to get to nurture. So I love that you laid it out that way and really acknowledging it. Sometimes it's really hard to talk about things and people and places that you once loved, but we can do it with grace, giving that person grace. I always tell people to bless the relationship because it wasn't all bad, even with this guy that, you know, did what he did to you, which idiot right now. I, let me, I digress. <laughs> you know? I mean, he is, it's okay. <laughs> But, you know, there was some good, like you, you had these babies that you were right, you know, technically raising and you were a part of their lives. And there was probably a lot of good that came from that relationship. So we bless that, but then we don't have to keep it because we have to tell our story. And a lot of times what happens, especially I think to women is we learn very early to edit our stories. And then, so it's never the truth. It's like what we feel isn't going to offend this person or isn't going to hurt this person. So I love that you're out here living your authentic truth and living your intentions and, you know, nurturing yourself, which is why I would love for you to be this week's community spotlight. Tell us more about the book, about your services, about all things Jen. So my community can get in contact with you and you can help them on that path. Oh, that would be so amazing. Okay. So before I say that, I love that you brought up the kids because that is one of the most beautiful parts of the story. I still have a very close relationship with them and with their mom. So we are very close friends. Like they just were at my house this past Friday. I take them on spring break every year. The four of us go actually, the two of them and their mom. And so it's really a special thing. And I think that speaks volumes to the gravity of the situation of what I went through, what she went through, what many, many, many other women went through. And that's why I am so passionate about being vulnerable and sharing your story, because it does give the opportunity to provide validation for so many other people and help create that community and connection and remove that guilt, stigma and shame. So that gave me chills. That was so for sharing that piece. (laughs) Yeah, I think that piece is really important. I think it's an important part of the story. And I think, too, because society tells us so many things of the way things should be and even what you were talking about. Um, you know, a little bit ago about nurturing yourself and self-care. I had a woman on my own show, uh, Drinking with Jen, a couple weeks ago, and she was saying how she had to become really selfish Mm. after her partner died by suicide. Mm. And by selfish, she meant take a shower so that she could care for her children. And I'm like, society, I think, especially as women, has kind of told us, put everybody else first. Yep. But you have to invest in yourself first in order to be the best version of you. Yeah. So it's not selfish. It's, I actually think it's selfful, really. It, because you can't give what you don't get. Like you just can't. You cannot serve anyone from an empty, like, vessel. So we have to give it to ourselves first. I always tell my kids, like, I, like, so I hear so many women say, like, my kids, my husband, then no, like I even, I'm above my kids. I I have to be 
because if I'm not above them, I can't give them what they need. So yeah, that was good. <laughs> well, and you see, I've seen this happen so many times with women, you know, friends, other women that they do that. They put their husband and their children first and themselves last. And then the kids leave the house and they have no idea what to do. Yep. They don't know who they are. Yes. They've completely lost sense of self. And so I love that you're teaching this in your courses and and everything. And I think like, and I know I'm like, you're supposed to be sharing about you, but we're, we're in some good talk right now. (laughs) I probably totally messed that up. I'm sorry. No, you are good. This is so good. This is, this is the the path. We're on the path. (laughs) I think what happens is by proxy, your children learn how to, how to, like real self-care. They learn it when you model it for them. So then we don't have another generation of people trying to figure it out. So I think that's where a lot of mothers miss. They think that when they do this quote unquote selfish thing, which is self-full, we're actually teaching our kids how to truly love and honor themselves and their needs and how to nurture themselves. So it's needed. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So tell us more about you, sis. Like all the things I hit the drinking with gin. I got to, I got to get on this podcast and listen to it. It's so <laughs> fun. <laughs> um, so drinking with gin, it's not about gin. I'm gin. So you're having relatable chats with me over drinks and it's not even always alcohol. So if alcohol is not your thing, maybe it's tea for the days that we're spilling some tea or water or whatever, if you're just wanting to nurture yourself. So we, I sometimes bring on expert guests. It's a personal growth and life improvement podcast, which really stemmed from my story of what happened and kind of talking about all the things that I've been able to learn and want to share it with my audience. And so it's a weekly podcast. And sometimes I bring on expert guests. Um, I'm really excited. For example, like the episode that comes out next week is with a, a licensed psychologist. And we talk about children of narcissists and co-parenting with narcissists. Um, This is a lot of the work that I do. I'm very passionate about it because I can speak about it. I think I always joke that I have a PH triple D in experience, Um, (laughs) even though I'm not an expert. um, I'm an expert from an experience standpoint. And I hear a lot of these terms thrown around so loosely these days, like narcissist and gaslighting and love bombing. And so I like to bring on people and I reference articles and, you know, credible resources so that we can really get to the heart of what it is, how does it feel? Um, And so sometimes they're a little deeper, you know, like that. And then sometimes they're a little bit lighter. Um, But, and I don't have like a specific timeframe format. So sometimes you might get a short little snack one week, and then sometimes it's a little bit longer, you know, deeper conversation. So that's my podcast, Drinking with Jen. It's on all the major platforms. Um, you can come hang out with me on Instagram. Um, that's kind of my preferred social media uh, platform that I tend to do the most on. And then my book is called You're My Favorite. Uh, that's my first book. It's a bestseller. Um, Amazon's probably the best, easiest place to grab it, but it's available both in a ebook and paperback format. Awesome. Well, we will make sure that we have all the links to the podcast to her Instagram, as well as for you all to purchase this book. Jen, this was so much fun hanging out with you this Tuesday on Tuesday Healing with Tamika. Thank you so much for your time and just really the light that you're bringing to this world. You know, you are truly living, turning your trials into treasures. That is one of my 
core beliefs is that we have a decision to make. We can live our life like, oh, poor me. And I can't believe this happened to me. Or we can turn those things into treasures. And that's what you have doing. And you are rocking it, sis. You are doing it with grace and ease and beauty. So thank you so much for gracing the podcast. I would love for you to end us with one of our signature questions. And that is, what does living a life to inspire and not impress mean to you? Ooh, um, luckily I just did an article on this, um, that's coming out in a magazine on Monday and it's about how authenticity and vulnerability pay off. And so I would say that being your most authentic self is important. And the reason why is because there's no image to keep up, right? Like if you're you, there's no trying to keep up an image or you know, play a part of what other people think that you need to be or should be. And that saves a lot of energy, I'll tell you. And nobody's a better you than you. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jen. Like I said, TWT family, we will have all the links to everywhere that you can get in contact with Jen. Make sure that you listen to her podcast. Make sure you like, share, and rate this podcast. We want to make sure that most more people hear conversations like this, authentic, true conversations. So share this with three friends. Just, just slide it into their DMs. Text them this link over. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts and rate the podcast. Continue to live a life to inspire and not impress. Continue to lift as you climb. Turn Turn your trials into treasures and allow God to fully restore you. Thank you guys so much. Until next week. Bye-bye.